Civil License Review uh, Committee to order. Uh, a few administrative items before we get into uh, official business uh, uh, actions of the committee this evening uh, that uh, are headed to the City Council will be on the City Council agenda uh, for their November 1st meeting. Um, uh, all of uh, the procedure uh, proceedings this evening are governed by uh, Robert's Rules of Order, and if anyone is anticipating speaking on an item, um, hopefully you have filled out uh, one of these white sheets of paper. If not, around the table, out in the hallway, uh, please uh, fill that out and then bring it to uh, the clerk so that you can make sure that when your agenda item comes up, we uh, give you an opportunity uh, to speak. Uh, it, 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 with regard to that, uh, to kind of keep things um, in balance here, we ask the speakers that uh, come up uh, to talk uh, try to limit their comments to about three minutes uh, if the committee wishes to uh, argue, uh, continue with thought or, or move on longer on, on uh, other aspects. Uh, we'll make a decision to do that. So we may we may cut you off uh, or at least indicate your case in a few minutes and then we'll make a decision about going forward. Um, so with regard to that then, uh, do we have any uh, notification of any absences? Um, Alder, Alder, then Alder Bedell Stilak will be here late. Okay, and I believe Alder Skidmar will as well. He's yes, in, and the um, a uh, couple floors below us. So with that, um, um, let's um, uh, do a roll call. Connell Espino? Present. Donnelly? Present. Fletcher? Present. Grady? Present. Hill? Present. Revere? Here. Um, Alders Peter Siloff and Skidmore are excused. Uh, Mr. Landgraf is present. We have quorum. Okay, thank you. Um, <coughs> first item on the agenda, uh, is approval of minutes. We have two sets of minutes, uh, one from our uh, September 21st regular meeting, and then there uh, was also a subcommittee of the LRC that met on October 5th, so we'll do those with two separate motions. Uh, take the uh, September 21st meet, September 21st meeting minutes first. Um, they were distributed in your package. Does anyone have any questions or comments? Okay, a motion and a second to approve those minutes. No further comments from the committee. So all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay. So the September 21st minutes are approved. And then the uh, ALRC subcommittee that met on October 5th. Um, the minutes of that special meeting are there. And, uh, for members of the subcommittee that have had a chance to look at the minutes, any uh, uh, comments, suggestions? Uh, do we have a motion to approve those? So moved. Second. Okay, a motion and a second to approve the minutes of the October 5th subcommittee. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, those minutes are approved. So that then takes us to the public comment portion of the agenda. That's uh, set aside at the front end of the agenda for any uh, person who wants to make a general comment to the LRC 
with regard to uh, items that are not uh, related to uh, specific agendas. Do we have any on this register? Disclosures and recusals are the next item. Uh, frequently there are uh, items that come on the agenda that uh, a member of the LRC may have some uh, prior uh, involvement with, so we at least uh, like to make sure that if any uh, of that involvement uh, might compromise a vote uh, by the member, we ask uh, at this point in time if any member needs to recuse themselves from a discussion or a vote on any of the agenda items. Uh, do we have any? Okay. Uh, so the next item is the uh, presentation of our consent agenda. For those of you that haven't been at a meeting, we have items that come before us that are uh, quite in nature and really uh, aren't subject to any any, any questions, at least at, at this point, from members of the committee or from the staff. Uh, so what we do is assemble those on a consent agenda. Uh, the clerk will read the agenda items that are on our consent agenda right now. So you want to pay close attention to your item. Uh, if it's on that list and doesn't get taken off, we will approve them all in a single motion. And then uh, you don't need to stay with us any longer. You, you certainly can keep us company, but your item will have been uh, approved uh, and the entire agenda is approved and then it will be on its way to the first council meeting. So with that, uh, could we have the clerk read the items that are on the consent agenda? So tonight's consent agenda consists of item number four, a change of agent for Compass Group USA Incorporated, doing business as Edgewood College, a change of Number five, a change of agent for the Henry Vilas Park Zoological Society. Number seven, an entity reorganization for Granite City Food and Brewery, adding one new officer. Uh, agenda item number nine, a new license, Class B beer, Class B wine for La Kitchenette at 805 Williamson Street. Number 10, a new license, Class B combination for DFSSLB LLC, doing business as C Cafe at 117 South Pinckney Street. Item 11, a new Class B combination license for JK and JK LLC, DBA LJ's Sports Tavern and Grill at 8 North Patterson Street. And item number 13, a new Class B combination license for Madison Concessions LLC, DBA Sheraton Madison Hotel at 706 John Nolan Drive. Okay, those are the items that are on the consent agenda. Is any member of the committee <coughs> to have any of those removed? Alder Revere. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, I'd like to remove agenda item number 11, JK and JK LLC. This is as LJ's sports category. There are license conditions that are recommended by the University of the District. If not, I do. But further, Mr. Chair, I'd like to propose the addition of two applications to the consent motion. They would be uh, agenda item 12, for Class B combination, license application for Duo LLC doing business as Gooseberry at the square, and agenda item 14, uh, Class B combination, license application for FMS LLC doing business as Morris Rama. And if I could just know both of those uh, establishments are in the portfolio and just 
include it in the consent motion. And in fact, I could make the motion if you would like me to just uh -oh. go right to a motion. Why did you do that? Uh, I'll move the so-called consent agenda, which is to uh, grant the following agenda items. 4, 5, 7, 9, 10, 12, 13, and 14. Second. Okay, we have a motion and a second. Um, Mr. Donnell. So I've got, uh, I guess I'll ask Elder Revere. For those items you want to add, are there any limitations on the hours or requirements of serving food at all times? No, they're clearly bona fide restaurants. I don't think the conditions are necessary, in my estimation. I wouldn't object if you want to add them, but if you look at the applications, none of them are proposing to be open anywhere close to later on. Is that true for number 10 as well? Uh, C Cafe on well, I wasn't you were just asking about 12 and 14. Well, I, I was asking you about 12 and 14, but 10 was the other one I was concerned about. I wasn't proposing any conditions. I don't know if you yield to Captain Blady and see if he would be more comfortable with conditions. I will disclose that they, as they mentioned in their application, here in the front row, so we could ask them ourselves, but they do anticipate entertainment, and they'll be back in a future date with an entertainment license application before us. So at that time, we could also add conditions to an entertainment license. But uh, you know, I, if you're uncomfortable, we could certainly separate it and ask them questions. Okay, so I'd, I'd like to separate item 10. Okay. Discussion on any other consent agenda item? Uh, is there anybody uh, speaking for item 12 or 14 or anybody against those? We don't have anybody, I mean, an item is automatically removed from the consent agenda if there's somebody who wishes to speak on an agenda item. The only people who are registered are either do not wish to speak or available to answer questions. Okay. Anything further on the consent agenda? Okay, just to make sure uh, you're all, and we are on the same page, the consent agenda now consists of items 4, 5, 7, 9, 12, 13, and 14. So... We have a motion and a second, and no further discussion. All those in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay. The motion is passed. So if you were one of those, uh, your, uh, your item has been approved, and it's on its way to the council for the November 1st uh, meeting. So you're free to go or stay and keep us company. Uh, if you're going to leave, thank you for, uh, for coming and uh, being available to ask answer questions if we had any. Um, Okay, so that then takes us to a uh, there. Thank you. Before we move on to operator license, ladies and gentlemen, I need to uh, take leave for several minutes to join all the positions given with the board of public works. Okay. Waiting for a hearing for a project in the district. Okay. So that's why I'm leaving, and I'll be back when I and come back upstairs and rejoin the meeting. Hopefully, the more perhaps with me. And as the saying goes, we'll leave the light on for you. Thank you. Okay. Yes, sir. Uh, I'd ask that we take item six out of order to respond to questions of the committee. This was an item that uh, the applicant's leave would go through, that every reason's leave would go through. Um, 
Objection to taking item number six up? No. Okay. Well, then let's move to item number six. Um, it's a change of license premise for Compass Group USA uh, doing business as Edgewood College, and we have Brandon Call. So, Brandon, if you want to step up, have a seat at the mic. Sure. to bring up tonight is on the bottom. Um, we have a one-time um, event happening on October 29th. That'd be the only thing we actually want to bring up for tonight's meeting. Um, that will happen on the parking lot, or on the lawn next to the Edgewood High School parking lot um, before the Badger game, October 29th. Um, if you've been by Edgewood College, any of the past um, Badger games, there's always been a big white tent. That hasn't been ours, but the 29th will be. Um, one of the Edgewood College Board of Trustees CFO is looking at throwing a party with alcohol there, so we're asking for a one-time event on that day. Uh, when you're not using them. 
So I don't I don't have a question for Mr. Cole. I'm guessing he's just asking for the 29. But in front of us is the 29 and other things. So I don't have a problem with approving a license for Edward College, but I just want to know what we should approve. That's correct. My understanding is that Edgewood College is withdrawing the other aspects of the application for a change of license premise, and all they're asking that you consider tonight is the expansion of their license premise so that they can have this event on October 29th. Thank you. Uh, so we have a motion and a second to deal with a single portion of the Edgewood uh, request, which is a temporary license um, good only on October 29th, uh, 2016. Um, any Further questions, comments about that? Okay, hearing none, all those in favor? Say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay, the motion passes. So you have your temporary license, and then we'll probably see you back here at the uh, November meeting. Thank you. Okay, that takes us then back to the uh, regular agenda number one, which is an operator license for um, Denise Rollins. I believe Venice is here, so why don't you step up here, Venice? Um, and uh, Captain Glady uh, will uh, explain why we ask you to come uh, visit with us tonight, and then uh, we uh, may have some questions for you. So, uh, Captain Glady. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Uh, for the audience listening, the, this part of the uh, program the operator's license. The committee has a set of guidelines that has been established for the backgrounding of uh, uh, licenses for bartenders. Uh, those applications come to the police department from the clerk's office and the backgrounds are done. And uh, if there's a conflict with any of the guidelines, those are separated and brought here before the committee. So uh, on your license uh, application, there, there wasn't any disclosure of prior offenses and in the background uh, the process of disorderly conduct in 2014 was discovered, um, uh, forfeiture violation. Had this been disclosed, it would have not uh, caused a separation to the committee. Yeah, thank you. Just if you want to just explain for the record, why is it that you didn't disclose it? Sure. Um, I believe on my application I did check yes, but I did not fill out the explanation. Is that correct? Okay. Um, I guess I didn't realize or I didn't read properly. It was merely just an accident that I oversaw it, you know. It was an oversight. Um, I don't know if you would like them. I do have recommendations from my current employers about keeping my 
or my operator's license. But, uh, yeah, I, if I had read it more carefully, then I would have filled that out. So. I move to grant. Second. Hi. sheets in your packet, so I'll kind of explain as best I can if there's questions I can uh, delve deeper in, into these. Police application sharing um, as a felony offense, and uh, offense uh, OWI, uh, which occurred in 2007, and obviously the prior four were before that date. No offenses uh, since, since that 2007 date. Uh, questions of either Captain Glady or the applicant. Uh, a couple questions. One, you, your place of employment in cops? I'm no longer employed. Okay. Now. okay. I am employed at Stop and Go Convenience Store on Winona Drive. Okay. And so how long have you been employed? There? Just two weeks now. Okay. Um, so it seems that you haven't had any um, OWI since 2007, did you, what kind of steps did you take? I went to a treatment program and I haven't drank in 10 years. Okay. So you, you are completely sober, you don't drink at all. Okay, thank you. Uh, Mr. Kinnospina. Uh, so in the new place of employment that you work, do you need a license for your job? Are you the person I sell that alcohol there, so I need a license. And you're the cashier person, or you're the person selling? I'll be closing, yeah, closing. some shifts, so I'll be there by myself. Okay. So, do you have any letters from your employer or anything that says that they want you and that they need you or anything like that? Not at this, because I've only been there for two weeks, and it kind of came on to me as a surprise. I didn't know exactly what the method was about going about getting an operator's license again. Okay. Because it's been so long since I had one. Okay. Thank you. And one more thing. They did grant me a temporary operator's license. Um, I don't know if that has anything to do with this at all. Okay. Well, this is, this is for the permanent. Uh, okay. License. Yeah. I wasn't sure what that was. Well, the temporary license is, is a provision that the city has to allow someone to continue uh, uh, working for a short period of time until we can get okay. to a committee meeting and resolve things. Uh, okay. So that, that's, why, that's why they gave you that. Okay. Uh, let's see. I'd like to make a motion for you, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Paul Revere. I might say a couple of follow-up questions, please. Um, when did you 
When did you last have a regular bartender's license? When did you call them up for your licenses? It had to be, I, I'm, you know, I don't know if I've ever had one, to tell you the truth. So when you said you want to you know, get a license again, or however you put it, you, yeah, meant, the, you meant the provisional that lasted for 60 days? Yes. Or, did you have that when you made this application in June? Because this is from June. No, she gave it to me. I didn't know about this at all. My employer didn't let me know that I was supposed to come before a board and have a meeting. So when I went to stop and go, they told me I had to go and apply for my liquor license. So when I came down here, the lady told me at the office that I need to go see the meeting, have a meeting about your license. And that's the first I've heard of it. Otherwise, I would have went when I applied in June. Do you have a 60-day provisional license now? I do. Okay, so you showed that to stop and go yes. to your employer? Yes, I gave it to them. Did you disclose to your employer that you're going to have to come visit with us at a meeting? Yes, I'm working right now. I see your work shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> so does your employer know about your yes. certified OWI? Yep. Okay, and they were obviously comfortable yes. with that. Mm -hmm. The last question I would have for you is, and it's great that you haven't obviously uh, had an adult beverage in so long. Yeah, I learned my lesson. It's obviously a great lesson. Were you able to accomplish through your treatment the state-required driver safety plan? Yes. So you have a full driver's license? Oh, yes. Okay, great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Assistant Attorney Allen. Thank you. I want to share a little legal advice with the committee. Coming up to you tonight, or actually not tonight, but the next ALRC meeting, will be a report of your subcommittee on a disciplinary matter in which the subcommittee concluded that the defense OWI was disqualifying for a Class B license. Now, if you're the owner of a Class B establishment, you're not required to have an operator's license, and the owner of the Class B establishment is required to have an operator on the premise at all times. They don't necessarily have to be there. So there's an equation here where they're both in charge at some point to be exercising the same responsibilities and authorities with these two different licenses. So one could say the fifth offense OWI is disqualifying to have a Class B license. Maybe it's also disqualifying to have an operator's license. Now, each of these cases is decided on its own merits, so I would recommend that the ALRC consider whether the differences here and with the other case are a matter of time that was passed between that fifth offense OWI, this one being over 10 years old now, technically, and the other one having been much more recent, I believe it was within the last two years. Additionally, MAGE has the option, always has the option, of referring this for another month so that the applicant can present evidence to you of rehabilitation. Now, 10 years is pretty good evidence in my book, but not in everyone's book. Maybe they might feel better having a professional who's seen this person and treated this person weigh in on that question. Just putting it out there so that you're treating all people equally and if you're going to have a different response to this fifth offense OWI, it would be best for the ALRC to state the reasons in its motion so that we don't get into a case of disparate treatment claimed by the other party. Thank you. 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 Thank you.
Do you have a record of completing your treatment? Did you keep those records? You have nothing? Okay. I didn't think I needed to be no Do you attend any AA meetings regularly? Anything? Yeah, but on different ones, different sites. Okay. I haven't in the last year. This might partially help all the person Lidar I've asked Captain Glady to review the applicant's DMV record for further apps draft and see if any issues valid. I'm sure you said you are valid. So it would confirm that she at least has passed the relatively high bar for the defense OWI treatment plan so that her safety plan she is valid. So can I make a motion? So I'll make a motion to grant the license to the applicant due to the span of time of 10 years between the last offense and today's date and the successful completion of the state requirements. Okay, we have a motion and a second to approve with the clarification from Alder Bidar. Further questions or comments? Alder Bidar. Technical correction for the record, it's actually nine years I think. Your application ma'am says that it occurred in 2007. Captain Glady, did your research? Nine years. Okay, so we'll amend the motion to friendly amendment. We had a second on that. So the maker and the seconder are okay with the change? Okay. Further questions for the applicant? All right, hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Opposed? Okay, motion passed. Let the record show Mr. Donnelly abstained. Okay, thank you very much. Thank you. I do want to add I'm also enrolled in Animal Behavior College and I'm going to be a certified dog trainer. Okay, the next item on the agenda is an operator license for Miles Shigoni. Okay, I usually don't. So that's a good thing. So Miles, you've been listening to what Captain Glady is going to chat about. So we'll turn it over to him. Thank you.
this applicant was uh, separated from guideline three, three more offenses within five years, and the offenses three in 2013, disorderly conduct, and 2015, AWI seven offenses. Okay, uh, questions of the applicant. Hi, uh, could you uh, just explain the, the, the context of the, the more recent uh, offenses? Yeah, so um, the OWI that happened, I believe, was it 2015, I think, in yeah. November. That was um, just simply a mistake. My first OWI before that was about seven years prior. I was 21 then, just kind of legally hitting the bars and made another mistake there. But with that one, uh, it was the night before hunting season. We were out at my... Uh, out at deer camp or whatever, and it simply it got late. Um, I made the bad choice to drive home instead of stay there, and that's when I got pulled over for that OWI. And then the disorderly conduct, that was, um, I was intoxicated, and I was walking home, and I kind of got into an argument with somebody, and then the cops were called. There was no physical, nothing like that that happened. And then the trespassing offense? Yeah, that was um, simply the car. I got into a car accident, and then I went onto somebody's land, and I got the cops called without their permission. Thank you. Yep. I do have proof of the um, I'm almost completed with the second OWI, this program, the driver safety plan and all that. I'm in my last step. I uh, have proof that um, I guess the last step is two to four months of outpatient treatment. I do have proof that I'm in that. Um, I do have a letter of recommendation from my current employer. And I basically I have a current um, bartender's license in the city of Lake Delton. I was bartending at Ho-Chunk Casino before I transferred down here. And then uh, just simply applied, and then I'm going through this. Oh, yeah, no problem. Sure. Thanks yeah. for that. I, I want to confirm your employment. You, you work at Ho Chunk Gaming, correct? Yes, sir. And obviously they, are, they have a very new alcohol license. Yes, sir. Uh, location in the city of Madison. Uh, the, can you just explain for us how was it set up? How many of the employees are they requiring there to be licensed bartenders? So obviously there's many, many employees. Yeah, so it's there. under my understanding that they... Um, they're requiring basically just their bartenders, I believe, to have licenses. Um, each individual bartender, I know that in the state of Wisconsin, as long as there's a bartender with you, you're able to bartend. Now, they're, they're requiring each bartender to have one. Um, I know the general manager has one, and then most of, like, the uh, food and beverage personnel, like the, the GM of the food and beverage, uh, some of the supervisors have them. Now, they won't be utilizing all theirs, 
But as for uh, bartender itself, I know that they're having them. So were you, you were informed by your employer that you must have a bartender's license or? Yes, to continue bartending. Because that's your job, there is a bartender. Yes, and, the, and as you say, the policy is that every bartender has one. I believe so. They're, they're, they're still in the process of, uh, sorry for cutting you off, of uh, writing all their kind of SOPs, the standard operating procedures. They're still in the process of writing that all. Um, but, yeah, as far as I know, they, they are requiring each individual bartender to have a license. And then, and within, like, so I've had my bartender license since uh, May of last year. Since then, I've had, like, no infractions, nothing like that. Um, I do take the job very seriously. I have no problem IDing people. I have no problem cutting people off. Um, and another thing that uh, I want to put out there is that at Ho-Chunk Gaming, any of the casinos that serve alcohol, we are by no means at all allowed to drink on the job. I mean, there's no tolerance, anything like that. So there's no way I'd be able to drink and then, you know, drive home. Unlike, I guess, some of the taverns, they kind of drink behind the bar or that I've seen. I don't know if that's legal or not, but. It is in Madison, believe it or not. Okay, I thought, I thought I've seen it before, but I'm just saying, I'm just saying, yeah. Okay. So, there, yeah, there's a zero, pol zero tolerance policy with consuming alcohol there as well. So. I'm just reading the letter from your employer. So, the letter from um, Ho-Chunk Gaming doesn't say that they're aware of your background. Was this written for us because they knew you had to be here? Yeah, that is written for you. Um, they are fully aware of my background. When you apply there, you have to write it down basically how you guys have it for applying for the bartender's license. Um, I have gotten a uh, gaming license, which is more in-depth, where you got to you know, kind of go over it with uh, a compliance director and you go over everything. So I have in the past been approved for a gaming license as well. It's just uh, this all new venture for me in the casino. And then you already spoke to the treatment you're in now, which is terrific. How much more treatment is your understanding that you're going to need before you comply with the drivers? All it is, it's, uh, this is the very last stretch. It's uh, two to four months of outpatient treatment. So um, I just basically, it seems like I'm going to be meeting with this counselor one-on-one, -on -one, maybe once a week or so. And this is... Uh, more or less to reinstate my license as well. So, yeah, the revocation period is oh man, that was like 16 months, I believe. So, that I'll be done with this before I can be, you know, enabled to uh, get my life full license back. Thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, further questions of the applicant? <coughs> Right, Mr. Grady? Um, I have in the past. Um, I've gone to a few. I've never really, I, I kind of bounce around, so um, I've never really found one that, like, I've stayed at or anything like that. Um, I guess that's something, something more or less, uh, I guess I need to kind of find, you know, something that's more 
uh, like a place that you go to more often or something, you know, or I feel comfortable at is what I'm trying to say. Occasionally, I do, yes. Further questions from the applicant? Okay, uh, why don't you uh, take a seat? Um, Okay. Uh, okay. Oh, I'm sorry. One more question. Sorry. So, what what would the like practical effect be um, of for you not for us not to grant you the license until you're done with your treatment? Uh currently I'd be I guess jobless. Um, I basically my second option for that would be to go back to uh, Wisconsin Dells, where I guess I am legal to bartend there. And still, I still have a current bartend license there. Okay. Any further? One quick question about the Dells. So you were working in the Dells, you were bartending in the Dells, and then they asked you to come here, or was that just an opportunity and you took it? Or uh, what it was is I was living here the whole time, and so I was traveling back and forth for over a year. And then when I seen that uh, Madison Gaming here was getting a license, I decided to, uh, yeah, try to hop on the opportunity here. So, but, so they hire you. It's, it wasn't like a transfer of job or something like that. It, it, well, it was a transfer. It was a lateral transfer. So I basically, one day I was working there, the next day I was working here. But uh, I did have that two-month provisional, so that helped me. But that actually ran out, I believe, on the 10th, I think. My provisional ran out. So since then, I've actually been, like, beverage serving. They haven't been letting me bartend at all, so I've just been, excuse me, out there on the floor getting people drinks and stuff. Okay. Thank you. Yep, thank you. Mr. Downey, did you have a question? No, I have a discussion. Great. Okay. Assistant Attorney Allen. One observation for the committee is that uh, I would not place a lot of Credence in what other jurisdictions do in the way of licensing. Everybody's got their own standards. And in fact, at the time he committed one of the MDI offenses, he was licensed, and the license apparently has been renewed. So, and as Albert Revere pointed out to me, in fact, we don't do background investigations on a renewal. So it's possible we've got some people in the same boat. Okay, any further questions? Okay, so the committee is going to talk about it now. Why don't you just have a seat? Yes, sir. Uh, and if we have any further questions, we'll ask you to step back up. Thank you. Okay, uh, questions, comments uh, by any of the committee members? So, um, that's okay. a good point. Uh, should we have a motion before we start? Sure. I'll move to deny the license. Okay, we have a motion to deny the license. Do we have a second? No second for discussion purposes. Okay. Mr. Donnelly. So, why do we have people come here? Why, why do we do this? I think we're doing it so that we can look and see if there's a history of offenses that is relevant to the job. And we've seen multiple alcohol-related offenses. The most recent one was within a year while the applicant was working as a bartender. 
So if we decide to approve this, we should seriously consider uh, asking Captain Glady to stop bringing these to us. Further discussion? Oliver. So, I, I won't make an alternative motion at this point, but I would be more comfortable with either of the two motions. The first would be referral to a future meeting uh, of our committee, maybe to specify in 60 days or whatever. Uh, or, or else to be comfortable granting the license but contingent on proof being supplied to the city clerk that uh, the applicant has, has uh, accomplished the driver safety plan. Um, to me, I would have a, a comfort level to grant the license uh, once the treatment is accomplished and the driver safety plan certification that goes to the DMV uh, is presented to us either in person at a meeting or to uh, Rachel and her colleagues in the clerk's office. Uh, if, if, um, that would be a proven course. I'm not comfortable just granting the license tonight. I certainly hope that your home shop gaming uh, realizes that that an outcome tonight perhaps is that the license will be granted, but it requires a few more weeks, maybe a month or two of additional treatment, and I would think that they would be patient and not have the applicant go to Lake Delton for that length of time. But I, I think we're just setting a, a precedence with this record and the OWI second occurring, I don't know the exact date, if it was a year ago, less than a year ago, uh, December 2015, so less than a year ago. Um, without um, treatment having been completed. But I'm willing to have a kinder, gentler motion of either referral or granting with the condition of driver safety and to be submitted to the court. Uh, Mr. Green. Is it possible, um, Mr. Allen, could be extend this temporary so we can continue to work and then come back and see us in two months? There's no provision for the ALRC to do anything with temporary license. The statute says that you can have one 60-day provisional in a calendar year. So depending on how long the committee extends it, you would be eligible to come and get a new provisional on January 1. But his temporary should not expire for 60 days. According to the applicant, it's already expired. Because it's, it's, it's issued on typically when they apply. I'd have to look at the statute to see if that's 12 calendar months or whether it's an uh, annual period or consecutive months rather than a calendar period. It says one per year or one annual 12 month period. Which most statutes read 12 month period. So if you had one in December, it would not be eligible for another until December of this year. Further discussion. That's something that does not need ALRC action. That's something the clerk can do. You know, I have one. Mr. Kano Spina. So, 
as a treatment provider, I believe that treatment should be great, right? I believe that the, the idea of, of treatment and allow people to um, continue jobs and, and continue with their life is, is important. I am concerned because it is very recent. It's, it's not even a year. Um, at the same time, I am feeling more comfortable with what other reviewer was talking about. Maybe, hey, keep demonstrating that you are working on this and we will give it to you after you finish this. Um, but I don't know how, like, that means that he doesn't get it now, but come in three months when you finish this and, and you will have a better chance. Is that is that what you're kind of saying? Uh, I feel more comfortable with that than, than denying it out. out, out. Further discussion? Alder, Alder Revere um, suggested two <laughs> alternatives. One was to actually grant, but with a requirement that the applicant presents their paperwork that they've completed um, the uh, treatment to the clerk's office, so which could be whenever, in two months, in four months, in six months, right? Um, or we can refer it in to a date that we pick for a meeting of the ALRC for the applicant to come back. Um, I'm okay with, with either <coughs> one of those. Um, I, I do definitely think that we should um, wait until the treatment is finished because of how recent the last OWI is. Um, so, not that I've spoken, I can't make well, a motion, we, but we either, can. I suppose procedurally we, we vote on the motion we have, and then a, a substitute motion gets made, um, or we uh, amend the current motion. Um, it's probably cleaner if we vote on the motion we have and then come back with uh, all their I just have a quick question. Uh, is, is it okay to ask the Um, certainly. No, I, I, I think if we, you need some information to uh, enhance your knowledge of the vote, that's uh, entirely appropriate. So you said that if you don't get it, you will lose your job. Is that a that's a definite that like you're being told this? So basically they've had this temporary bar that's only been selling beer for the last two months. That's what I've been doing there. Um, they have their grand opening or whatever of their actual bar that they have built where they're going to actually start serving liquor and everything. That's opening this Saturday. Now they filled all their other spots of bartenders except mine so far. And I guess they're just waiting on this to go through on what's going to happen here. And, and what is the likelihood that you will get a job in the other place that you worked before? I, I'm not so. positive, no. All right, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Oliver here. 
Thank you. So I just want to confirm, did I understand your testimony, sir, that you believe you'll be done with your required treatment in the next, do you say, two months at the most? Or? So it's, um, this is the very last part of this driver safety plan. Um, and that's, yeah, two to four months of outpatient treatment. And so they can either decide two months, they can decide four months. Um, I've done everything prior to this, and I've complied with everything that has gone on for, uh, I guess, the penalties that were given to me by the courts or whatever. I've done everything, fully complied with everything else. This is the very last step. And the only reason why this isn't done yet is because uh, they want it done in the county that you reside in. So I was kind of living it when I was uh, bartending in uh, Dells. I kind of lived in Toma for a while because it was easier for me to get done with my, uh, I had other classes and kind of, I was on bond monitoring, and that's through Monroe County. So they wanted me to stay in Monroe County. So then now when I moved back, they didn't want me to do my treatment there yet. Otherwise, it would have been done, but they wanted me to hold off until they knew for sure where I was going to be staying. So, and I told them that I was going to be applying here in Madison, so they wanted me to do the treatment here in Dane County. Otherwise, this would be done as well. In terms of the driver's safety plan, you took, you completed the assessment, probably a journeyman while. Yep. And the assessment showed that they wanted you to have, did you say two to four months of outpatient? Yes, sir. Okay. And so I think... When did you start the outpatient? I actually just went in actually today it was the first uh, time that I was able to meet up with somebody. Yep. Okay. All right. So if we chose to, and I realize this would very much uh, compromise your situation, at which I'm gaming, but if we had a motion to have you come back in a certain month and visit with us again, assuming you still want a license in the city of Madison, what month do you think realistically you would have certification from your, your counselor that, that, that they're willing to sign off on your driver safety plan and certify that to the DMV? See, and that's like, that's way up in there. That, I mean, that's up to her. If she wants to keep me two months or four months, that's totally up to them. Um, like I said, today was my first meeting. Usually in these kinds of things, they usually keep it to the max. Um, so, I mean, that's like, what, February, I think, because it's October, so probably like middle of February. Thank you. Yep. Could I just ask the clerk a question to Rachel, if you don't mind responding? From the perspective of your office, would there be a preference as to what the motion was to the applicant to return to a, a specific committee meeting? Or is your office equally comfortable if there was a condition that the license is only granted if the proof of completion of driver safety plan is presented to your office? Which do you think your office would be more comfortable with? From a, I think just from an administrative point of view, it's difficult for us to track things legislatively that are supposed to come before the ALRC at a future date. Um, because our legislative management software is different than our license issuing software. It's, it's fairly easy for us to place a condition upon a license that says we can't issue a license until it 
has, you know, it's still some proof has been um, presented. Now, I don't know if the committee is intending for, if they, if they grant with a condition, if it then goes to Common Council, who also grants with the condition, and then we just don't issue prior to date, or if we wait for it to go to the Common Council until that has been provided. Well, of course, this has to go to the Common Council, um, no matter what. Right. Do you understand that if we chose to refer, having it referred to a specific date was really meaningless in your tracking system, that we'd have to ask the applicant to contact your office to say, I have my proof, I'm ready to come back to a future meeting? Yes. I was just trying to avoid, just if I could interject, I'm trying to avoid you having to pay another application, pay the fee again for the license, and fill out the paperwork again and try to release you of that burden. As long as it happens before June 30th of 2018, right. then it, you won't have to reapply for a license. It's, you know, a license will remain active if, you know, it's a condition upon issuance. And mm -hmm. if we refer to a future meeting, it will just flow out there and register, which is fine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, are you done with your question? Yes, thank you. <coughs> Mr. Kanerspina, uh, Alder Peter Seeloff, did I? Mr. Gray. I guess just to stay here, I'd like to see you be able to continue with the job. And I'm just wondering if we ran uh, the license, I don't know how the community feels about this, and he uh, was able to find an A group that he could attend regularly. That we could have a statement from his uh, employer on his progress, or progress, a statement from his uh, psychologist. That's is that his good name? Uh, I guess he's counseling. Like on a monthly basis, and do this for two months and see how it really works. I, I guess I agree with Mr. Jones. He's in treatment, uh, he has a life to live, he has an employment. He has a job. Uh, he doesn't have his license. He has no job. I mean, I, I just spent a lot of people with their alcohol issues. And I think they have a job. If I'm going to kill him, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to None of us like the situations because we certainly, I think, all feel um, that that we are in a in a really difficult position when we are really trying to when the, the employment of an individual depends on a decision that we make. Um, but going back to Mr. Donnelly's first comment, then if if we're not going to be willing to take the difficult decisions, there is really no reason for this process to happen besides taking our, you know, kind of making it hard on all of us and, and going through this. So, and our responsibilities is really, and, and I completely, I know that I, I shouldn't try to separate it, but the only way that I can kind of arrive to, to a reasonable decision is for us, it's about the, alcohol, the, the ability of the person to safely be able to manage being an operator with an alcohol, for alcohol. 
Now, yes, there are consequences, there are not, but it's really about making a narrow decision about whether we believe that the person can really safely be in charge of serving alcohol. And so, and the rest are consequences that happen that are not really germane to what, what we have to make a decision on. I, the, the other thing I would say is that, I, and again, I, I find this extremely d difficult from a kind of personal perspective, but um, that's kind of what we're charged with. I would have a very hard time for us to start managing the process and having, you know, updates. For example, I mean, AA is, is not something that is for everybody. Many people go through recovery and never attend an, an AA meeting. It's just not, you know, not for everybody. So I, 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 I don't feel like I'm in a position of expertise or of, man, of being able to manage what process a person goes through to really kind of um, comply with um, the, the requirements. Um, that's why I'm always comfortable saying that if you've completed it, then that's fine, whatever that process is, and if you can get the certification from your counselor that you have. Um, but kind of having that this ongoing check, then I think it puts us in a position to be almost kind of like this other um, place where somebody has to check in. I mean, we're almost like the, become the parole officer. <laughs> so, um, so I'm not comfortable with that. But again, I, I'm with you. Um, so really as far as how difficult these are, I think the best choice at this point for me would be to, given what the clerk shared with us, is to make the motion to grant with the condition that the paperwork would be provided. Hopefully that puts a little bit of, of pressure in the conversation with the counselor about kind of getting things done sooner than later. I don't know. but. That way we know it's in the system, it's the condition, and to answer the clerk's question, I think it would come to council to grant with that condition at our next council meeting, and that would be just what's in the system, so that in order to, to get it, you would have to come to the clerk's office and present that documentation, and then it would be issued. I think that's kind of the easiest way, and I think that's a good compromise from certainly denying it, which... Honestly, I mean, I think we have very much so grounds for style. So I think we're, we are being um, very, we are, I think we are showing a lot of empathy for the situation because it is, it is very difficult and it, um, it's not an easy thing for us to do at all. Mr. Downey. So procedurally, since we have a motion on the table, we would either have to vote on the first motion and then make a new one, assuming that failed, or have a motion to amend the original motion, vote on that, and then, so my recommendation would be to just vote on the original one, uh, and if it fails, then make a new one. Okay. Alder um, Stugmer. Procedure, could you uh, 
That's the direction we were headed. Um, so, with that, any further discussion? The motion right now is just denied. Okay, we have a motion and a second on uh, Mr. Donnelly's motion to deny uh, the license. Um, hearing no further discussion, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? No. no. Okay. Um, why don't we do a roll call? Tano Espina? No. Donnelly? Aye. Fletcher? No. Grady? No. Phil? Skidmark? Aye. Revere? No. Peter Silo? No. Motion fails. 5-3. Okay. So that's, uh, that, that's the first uh, step. Now we have uh, a clean slate and we can move forward with a subsequent motion. And I'll Revere. Thank you. I, I move to grant license with the condition that proof of completion I'll say proof of certification of the driver safety plan is presented to the city clerk's office so let me rephrase that again grant with the condition that driver safety plan certification is presented to the city clerk's office and maybe I should even say for the DMV driver safety plan, that's not known, that phrase isn't known to many people. But what I mean, I don't want wait for a second, and I'll say another word. Uh, what I mean is, is that as much as I appreciate that the letter from the counselor today, a handwritten letter from a counselor wouldn't suffice, it would be the actual certification that is sent to the DMV to Hill Farms to remove the driver safety plan restriction on the driving record. Um, I realize you're the hard revocation period, so I'm not saying bring in a valid driver's license. The captain, I think, said March of 2017 is when the applicant is first valid for a license again, a regular license again, uh, assuming that the driver safety plan is completed with the hard revocation periods up in March. Uh, so it would be requiring that you have a valid license, but the actual you know, typed paperwork that is sent to the DMV would be submitted to a clerk's office. That's my intent. And I'll, and I'll um, say again that I, I, we're trying to be as um, understanding as possible and compassionate as possible, and I hope that um, perhaps the employer here will see that the license was granted with the condition and that that will be good enough to allow like, the probationary employment to continue with that program. We can't obviously direct the employer to do anything, but I certainly don't want that until we lose this employment any more than any of us do. Did I see some quick Okay. So we have a motion and a second uh, to grant the license uh, with the condition uh, that uh, it's not issued until the applicant produces the official paperwork that would come from his counselor to the DMV to remove the conditions. Okay. Um, 
Was there another question, Mr. Donnelly? Okay. Any further discussion? All right. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Was that a no? No. Okay. Okay. All right. So you understand what uh, you need to do? I do. So as soon as I'm done with this uh, outpatient stuff, bring it in, then you guys will issue the license. So to the You'll clerk. bring it to the clerk's no, office. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, to the clerk. I understand that. So right now, basically until then, I don't have a license, right? Okay. And then one other question is, is now I'm legally able to work with a licensed bartender, right? Now, does this bartender have to be directly right beside me, or does this bartender just have to be on the facility grounds? The license operator has to be in charge of the premises, so they have to be able to observe and control the premises. And beyond that, I'm not familiar with your premise. I've been down there in quite a few years, so sure. I can't tell you where they have to physically be to accomplish that, but they're in charge. All right. Thank you. Thank you for that. Okay. That takes us then to, let's see, consent agenda was four or five. We dealt with six, so we're down to entity reorganizations. And the first item I have is eight. Yep. Square with Okay. Item number eight is a uh, new license for um, Arigato, um, doing businesses Arigato Express, if I got it correct. Do we have anyone who has registered to? So we have no one registered. Uh, what is the committee's pleasure? Sorry, Mr. Donnelly. Move to refer to the next ALRC meeting. Okay. Motion and a second to refer to the next ALRC meeting. Any further discussion? Um, the applicant would have been aware that they needed to be at the September meeting, um, which the committee looks like they referred. So I'm, I don't recall if the applicant was there at that meeting either. Um, I wasn't there. I'll tell you the truth. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with this applicant. Um, I They didn't ask for a translator. Um, whether or not there were language issues beyond that, I can't tell you. Um, and we can try and reach out to the applicant, but I'm honestly not very familiar with the applicant, any of the issues surrounding it. Yeah, I mean, we can... Captain Lady can contact the applicant. <laughs> a a two-prong contact. <laughs> okay, uh, so we have a motion and a second to refer this to our next meeting. Any further discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Okay, it will be on our next agenda. Um, that takes us to item 10. Do we have anyone registered for 10? Uh, did, did you all fill out 
Okay. So why don't you introduce yourself and uh, tell us what you'd like the committee to do. Uh, adding a liquor license to an already functioning cafe. So you need a liquor license for what reason? Uh, Obviously to serve alcohol, but why, why is that a change in your business? Um, it was an uh, intention from the beginning. Basically, we want to be open Thursdays and Fridays at night and extend the cafe hours into bar hours. So closing, I believe on the application, we say 11 o'clock, um, just Friday and Saturday nights. Um, and uh, just to frame it, it's a specialty coffee shop. It's not a... Um, we don't serve lots of different things. It's, it's just a few things. Uh, Daniel also owns a roaster that makes the coffee we serve. So we only serve one kind of coffee at a time. We've done specialty ways, uh, and the intention of the cocktail menu used to be done very similar, very small menu, um, very specialty with limited extended hours. Uh, questions of the applicant, Mr. Bell. All right, so looking at Friday and Saturday nights. Yeah. So if we were to approve with the condition that you would stop serving alcohol Sunday through Thursday by 10 p.m. and Friday and Saturday by midnight, both of which are later than the hours that you have here, would you have any concerns about that? Um, maybe just Thursday, um, perhaps. Oh, yeah. If, um, yeah, uh, potentially, uh, that would be totally fine, but it may be Thursday, Friday, Saturday, allowed for possible later yeah, times. That works. And so you, you uh, have coffee, do you have food as well? Uh, there's uh, limited pastries, but that's it. Okay. Thank you. There is a the barbershop that shares the premise with the coffee shop. The uh, this entity that's applying for the license tonight is a separate entity from the barbershop, so we did not include uh, the gross sales from the barbershop. It's coffee. Yeah. yeah which would be a restaurant. Uh, so where's the, if you're separate entities, where's the other 80% of sales from? From the coffee. It says 5% food here. So can, I, can I interject? And when I met with you several months ago, when we, I should have clarified when we were talking about the application. Under Madison General Ordinance definition, food is also non-alcoholic beverages. So oh, I think sure. what Attorney Allen is getting at is that your coffee percentage Technically, should be listed as food, not just pastries. So, that's so, so we would like to amend on the record. Uh, uh, the reason why I ask maybe is all the beer is already stealing it under here. That's what you get paid for. Um, 
there are restrictions on what other businesses can hold an alcohol license. If they're a restaurant, food shop, not a problem. But let's say they were the barber shop, that would be a huge problem. And one of the issues we've had in the city of Madison and across the state uh, largely has been with women's hair boutiques that want to give their customers a free glass of wine while they're waiting to have their hair or nails or whatever done. Uh, and I could just see this uh, morphing into my favorite barbershop wine could give me a nice cold one while I enter the door. So that's why I asked But they're a coffee shop that qualifies as a restaurant, and that's not an issue. And then I get the call right after that from the same people. Thank you. Again, just uh, I'll use the phrase if you could amend on the record your application. So in question number 57, you state 15% alcohol. That's correct, right? And the in excess of 80% other, that was 100% non-alcoholic beverage is correct. So your actual food under our definition is going to be 80 85% food non-alcoholic beverages. Okay, thank you. I'll, let, I'll yield to Mr. Donnelly so he can make the motion with this condition. I move to grant with the condition that they cease sale of alcohol Sunday through Wednesday by 10 p.m. and Thursday through Saturday by midnight. We have a motion and a second. Any further discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so that takes us to item number 11. Um, sports Tavern and Grill, um, new license. Any? Do we have? I think we have someone registered. We do. So this would be um, John. John Cavanaugh. So good evening, John. Why don't you tell us uh, what you got in mind? Well, we're looking to put a sports bar down in the Galaxy Building. Um, I know we went through um, the uh, conditional use permit uh, process this week. Um, about getting an outside patio, I believe that what Alder said, that that was maybe a concern of our hours, maybe. Um, but uh, we're looking to do uh, food and uh, drink there, 60% uh, food, 40% uh, alcohol. Um, we're looking to do, um, you know, events for Good Fish Fry. Uh, my family owns Yes Square Club on the northeast side. Uh, grew up in the business and uh, just looking to uh, expand my horizons. Okay. Thanks. Uh, questions of the applicant? Alder Breeder Seeland? I assume you've spoken to Alder Zellers and, yeah, and she's supportive. Yeah. I just wanted you to say that on the record. Thanks. Uh, Mr. Kano Spina. I just want to confirm with you the hours of operation and to what time you're uh, hoping to sell alcohol. So, Monday to Friday uh, and to 1.30 a.m. 
and Saturday to 2 p.m. Uh, sorry, 2 a.m. Uh, 2 p.m. 2 a.m. and Sunday to midnight. To be, I mean, we'd be open until I guess five times as long as our customers are are there, if we're able to. So that's what I want to confirm. So if if there were customers on Friday night at midnight, would you like to be able to sell alcohol and just ride at midnight, yeah. or would you like to stop at one at eleven thirty? No, we'd like 130. to. Oh, sorry, one thirty. Um, if there were customers at two, would you like to sell until two or? Um, we'll stop for one well, well, obviously we're going to be out of there by two, so we would be, you know, probably shut it down around 11 or 1:30 anyway. 130. So 1:30, Saturdays to at midnight, and that's just like in the in the conditions. Then you will say that. Well, we actually. If you are, I think you're there, there are conditions that the uh, Alder and Neighborhood Association have requested, right. so we should probably at least. Here it is before yes, we definitely. propose other ones. Uh, well, since you have the floor and you're looking at the conditions, why sure. don't you tell us? Um, so she did say that the she the, the applicant met with her and the neighborhood association. Neighborhood association wasn't concerned, but wants the following conditions: one, close outdoor seating by 10 p.m. Sunday through Thursday, and by 11 p.m. Friday and Saturday to no outdoor amplified sound or music. So no restrictions on hours of operation, just on when the outdoor part is open. Sure. And does that jive with yep. your conversation with them? Yep. Okay. okay, thank you, Mr. Donnelly. Um, Assistant Attorney Allen. I just want to be sure that Mr. Cavanaugh understands. Well, first of all, anybody who's been in this alcohol licensing business uh, knows, for any time at all knows, is Father Jack Cavanaugh been in the business for a while too, so I feel kind of silly explaining this to him, but I sense some hesitancy on his part. When it comes to hours, I want you to understand that ALRC can only impose hours, conditions on hours, if you consent to them, because there's a state statute setting the hours which uh, taverns can operate, and for them to deviate, they essentially have to have your consent. So when they throw these hours out at you, uh, the comment that struck me was you said, if they need to be. Well, they don't need to be. You could not consent, but that would also leave the ALRC in the uncomfortable position of deciding, well, are these conditions so central to protecting the safety and welfare of the community that we should deny the license if they have to go more to these conditions? So that being said, I think that's clear enough. I mean, I guess our additional uh, thing was if we could be open to, you know, legal bar time, you know, throughout the week, and then the conditions of the outside patio to keep it, you know, quiet for the neighborhood and, and safe for the people that are out there. That was, I guess, my my intent. And those were conditions with regard to uh, music and hours for the patio. Yes, for the outside patio. Okay, Mr. Donnelly. Uh, I'll say to the committee, like this is my neighborhood, and I know the neighborhood association. And if they had any concerns with hours of operation, we would have heard about it. Right. We all know them. <laughs> They're nice. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> they wouldn't be shy about that. Okay. Uh, further discussion? Questions of the applicant? Uh, this committee, Mr. Donnelly. I move to grant with the conditions that they close outdoor seating by 10 p.m. Sunday through Thursday and 11 p.m. Friday and Saturday and have no outdoor amplified sound or music. 
Second. Okay, motion and a second. Further discussion? Hearing none. All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay. Thank you, sir. Did you get the medals? I have them, yes. Cool. Thank you. All right. Um, so then that takes us forward to item number 15. Mm -hmm. And um, Assistant City Attorney Allen will correct me if I'm misstating anything here, but the committee did meet. Uh, you saw their minutes, uh, which were approved earlier. Um, the disciplinary matter is not officially in front of us because the, uh, the, the there's a three-prong uh, test for it to move forward. Uh, one is that the uh, resolution be signed. The second one is that the um, uh, court reporter who was there uh, produce a transcript, which uh, has not happened, and that also any um, exhibits, and there were some exhibits from both the city and from the applicant, uh, need to be um, received as well and properly noticed, and that did not happen. So what that means is the official action by this committee um, will have to occur at the next regularly scheduled meeting when we hope we have the transcript and the um, exhibits, we have the signed uh, resolution. Correct? Oh, correct. Okay. Um, the other thing which is not noticed, we can't uh, discuss, but I will give you an informational item. Uh, the applicant has also submitted to the clerk's office uh, for inclusion on our next agenda a change in licensed agent, uh, which we should also see. So there will be two items on our agenda at the next meeting with regard to this. One is the disciplinary matter and the second one is the uh, licensed agent. Okay. Well, the deadline for any other matters for the November meeting was on Monday, so probably not. <laughs> Something is afoot. <laughs> okay, so that's what's up with the with the disciplinary matter, um, it's pretty much all FYI. We're not in a position to be able to uh, take any action. So, uh, Assistant Attorney Allen, since this was on the agenda and we are not able to, to do anything, should we take some official action? We should, okay, we should have a motion to then refer this to the next. Um, do we have a motion? And a second? Okay. Motion and a second to refer this item to our November agenda. Any further discussion? Hearing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Okay. We will see this in November and perhaps, well, at least one other item and perhaps more. So, um, we are then down to the report of the Madison Police Department. Captain Glady has been chomping at the bit to tell us <laughs> a lot about his report. So, you're on. Inaccurate statement. <laughs> um, I would like to say there's, I'll answer questions if there's anything uh, that was provided that there are questions on. At the November meeting, I'd like to do a summary of 
football season. Uh, not surprisingly, or shouldn't be a surprise to you that this past weekend was extremely busy. And from that, uh, there were some violations that we'll be following up on and working through the city attorney's office. I have a hunch that uh, October 29th game will have similar popularity as far as crowds go, so we'll do a very diligent job to keep things in check. Um, it will be a challenge. So we'll have a report for November on Okay. So we'll wait for November. Uh, does anyone have any questions with regard to the reports uh, on calls for service that uh, have been previously distributed by the police department? Okay. Can I have like a, a, just a, a brief sneak preview of, of the November, a, a trailer, <laughs> as it were? Uh, um, would you say that the calls for service associated with the football games are up year on year compared to compared to pricing? Um, that's a that's a tough question because for football games, it's not a normal day. Mm -hmm. so, you know, seriously, sure. yeah. <laughs> on twofold, be because of the football game, but also because we put out, minimally, depending on the time of the game, from an 11 o'clock game, we put an extra 60 bodies out, mm -hmm. to a night game, like for Freak Fest, don't be shocked, there'll be an extra 300 people out, because of the Freak Fest and football match together, so... Added calls for service is hard to quantify because we, I mean, there's so much going on and we have so many more staff out that we're obviously finding more and dealing with more. Um, but the things that I will be talking about are more egregious in nature as far as you know, capacity issues related to establishments um, and some management issues. So overall, I think football Saturday calls for service are greater just because of the sheer extra volume of 120 to 200,000 people depending on the game in Madison generating activity. I, I think I look at it though, you know, and, and maybe I'll restate, was if you compare to like football games the, the prior year, is it sure. is it very difficult to do the apples to apples still? If, if we I, I hate to have Captain on, but we're trending in an area where you could have an open meetings violation. This topic is, if you look at the item number 16, it says somewhere in recent calls for service, which is kind of vague, uh, and then it's better defined by the attachments, which are all things that occurred prior to this football Saturday. And I don't mind the topic, but getting into the topic, sure. what is significant interest in the public could be problematic. Additionally, uh, Captain Glee is going to have to speak with uh, the prosecutor and carefully tailor his remarks so that he avoids speaking about specific licensed premises that may come before you in disciplinary action. Because we have to also avoid prejudicing you and biasing you without the other party having the opportunity to rebut that. Consider my trailer done. Thanks. <laughs> uh, further questions about the reports submitted? Ms. Donnelly. 
I hope this one's pretty safe. Is a call for service when somebody calls the police, or could it also be if the police just happen upon something on their own? Good question. A call for service is actually when someone's generating that call um, to dispatch. A dispatch call, yeah, through the 911 center. When, when officers come upon and it's, a, it's a, indicated as a self-initiated that they found it themselves and then they initiate the incident. Okay. In terms of the calls for service report that we receive, sorry, I'm just going to do this on the record, that, that we receive, correct me if I'm wrong, Captain, it, it includes anything that an officer calls into dispatch and creates a case, including bar checks. Correct. So we have, you know, as you probably know, as bar checks are on your way to Okay, um, further discussion? So, uh, Rachel, we're down to you. We have nothing. We're, we're going to give you one more chance. You sure? <laughs> okay. I guess you're going to have something. Here comes the question. Alder Revere. Uh, sorry about this. Am I, am I reading the report correct that we still have five grandfather licenses available? You so are repeating the, so reading the report so correctly. So folks could save tons of money. Yeah, we had a, and at least in our estimation, an unexpectedly high number of non-renewals of grandfathered licenses, and um, not all of them have been reissued to new entities. So, yes. There are still five mm -hmm. grandfathered licenses available. So your county, you actually can deliver very surprising, happy news to uh, a lot of people. Yes. Mm -hmm. Early Christmas presents. <laughs> okay. Any further questions of the clerk? All right. Hearing none, that completes all of our official uh, agenda items. <coughs> no official business to come before the committee. Do we have a motion to adjourn? So moved. Okay. All those in favor? Aye. Aye. We are adjourned. Thank you very much.